Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. Uh, I'm Caleb. Uh, I'm Dan, and I'm here to tell you about why all movies should be four hours now so we can let every character develop. And you stole Deacon's Easter Basket, because I saw somebody reference that from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey on Twitter earlier. Uh, and it and it triggered a sense memory of a nightmare that I had when I was a kid after seeing that movie. Is it that there would be a third Bill and Ted movie? Nah, just uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Bogus Journey, but nope. like they they die and like they're being assigned their own personal hells. And uh, the one is like because uh, I think it's I think it's Bill. Um he one of the two uh it doesn't matter because they're the same character they just say whoa a lot whoa Um, one of the two stole like their little brother's easter basket when they were a kid so like they're racked with guilt by it and they're being chased by this really fucked up looking easter bunny it's awful huh um that movie wasn't four hours and somehow was okay no, Caleb, we got to let every character breathe, have their own character moments, uh, go through their own character arcs. Everything has to be four hours now. Oh, so everything should be a giant waste of time. I mean, okay. King Kong's motivations really matter, Dan. Oh, well, I mean, that movie, that movie's a two hour waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I don't know. It's better than King of the Monsters. No. All of those movies are... I, I just watched all four in the lead-up, and I just went, man, there's just... Like... I need to come up with a better term than Battered Wife Syndrome, because it was definitely not PC, but it's like... I guess Battered Fan Syndrome, where it's like, hey, they keep putting a lot of human characters in this movie. Maybe, Maybe as we keep going, they'll get better. And then they don't. They just keep putting the same amount of human characters in them and keep giving them stuff to do instead of letting me watch fucking monsters fight. Yeah, like I I was kind of just hoping that Millie Bobby Brown would get stepped on or something, but maybe someday somebody will make a monster movie that's about the monster. It costs so much money. Also, that movie was 100% financed by China because they fucked up Hong Kong so bad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, yeah. So that was my cinematic disappointment of, of the week was, well, actually, that's that's not true. Because uh, I watched our, our, I guess it's going to be the cautionary tale of Netflix. Uh, when we talk mm-hmm. about it later, that, that is probably the cinematic disappointment of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is up? What else is up with you? 
not much. Yeah, as we were alluding to, I guess people are melting down because uh, the Mortal Kombat movie is going to be an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. And uh, people claim that it has to be, what, like three hours, four hours? What the fuck do they want? I think their big complaint is that it should be longer than Godzilla versus King Kong. Because all, all that movie is is just two fighting CGI monsters. And I argue, no, there's plenty of human characters there to distract you from the fact that there's not enough two giant CGI monsters fighting. Yeah. I don't know. At least all the characters in Mortal Kombat can and probably will fight at some point. I don't know. Like, it's it's a goddamn action movie. Get me in, get me out, get me on to something else. Keep me engaged for your run length, and then I'll move on with my life. If you care about the characters, go play the fucking games. Now, Caleb, don't you know you have to, like, tell the, the entire story of everything before you can you can have a movie about it? Like, everything has to fit in a movie, and, you know, just a, an hour and 50 minutes isn't enough anymore. Since Since Zack Snyder... Uh, an hour and 50 minutes can't be a thing. I-, I can't wait to see how long Army of the Dead is. I don't know. Like, if they did, like, a whole fucking uh, two-hour deep dive on the history and exploits of the Shirai Ryu ninja clan and the origins of Scorpion, like, ten people would be happy, and then everybody else would be like, uh, I I will not go see this movie. Because it's just, like, a bunch of nonsense with nothing happening. Right. We, but we need all the politics, all the backstory, all the interactions, everything. If you can't have all that stuff, don't even make it. That's, to, that's today's logic. And so I still don't get people freaking out that, like, the, the end of Game of Thrones was so rushed. Because, like, it's still, like, ten hours... But there was so much to wrap up. Also, uh, the end of Game of Thrones was fucking two years ago now. There doesn't need to be an entire subreddit devoted to being uh, salty about how bad the ending was to them. Like, uh, you people are fucking losers if you're still commenting on that subreddit. (laughs) Uh, I think that's the thing. People just need to be shamed publicly for having stupid opinions. And just, like, you can't just base your entire personality around one fucking show. Like, if if you hate a, a show now, uh, and it, it was, like, the only thing that made you interesting, find a new fucking hobby. Maybe uh, read a novel, or take a little walk. Get off the computer for a little bit. It's uh, turning your brain into mush. Yeah. Uh, this has been Judging You with Caleb and Dan. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do What's Your Swill? Sure. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Alright, so uh, last week I had straight Pink Whitney. This week I have Pink Whitney mixed with tonic water. And it actually tastes like pink lemonade. You know, not like alcohol and pink lemonade, but just pink lemonade. So uh, it's a very dangerous combination. <laughs> Be careful. Okay. Um, I'm bringing back the the swill a little bit here. I got uh, 
Smirnoff Ice Smash, red, white, and berry. It's uh, a 24-ounce can, uh, 8% alcohol, and it is a malt beverage with blue raspberry, cherry, and citrus flavors. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, why are you drinking this now in April as opposed to on the 4th of July? Oh. Mm, okay. That's acceptable. Because Joe Biden's doing a decent job getting rid of the Trump virus. We talked about it on uh, Stacking Triggers, which is our, our Stacking Triggers plug for the week. But uh, I am fucking terrified of needles. So I'm really not sure when I'm going to get a vaccine. I know I have to. But like my blood pressure spikes, like I pass out. Like it's a whole fucking production for me to get through a shot of any kind. So, uh, I don't know if I want to do that in like, cause Bill said he like went to like Paul Brown. No, not Paul Brown stadium. That's in like Cincinnati, but like whatever the Bills stadium is. Oh, hi Mark stadium. That's what it's going to be called now. Uh, because he posted that stupid fucking meme. <laughs> oh, hi Mark. Yeah. He posted that stupid fucking meme on our private chat, but yeah, it's going to be like, he went down to high Mark stadium where they're giving out vaccines. It's like, I can't possibly go to a stadium in order to get vaccines. It's just not possible. Because, like, that's too many people. They got too many people to service. I'm passed out. Like, what? what's going to happen there? I don't know. I got mine. I'm proud of you. Pretty, pretty great. Uh, I'll, I got the Moderna one. I'll get my second dose on the 28th, so... Is, okay. Pretty excited. So I haven't done the research uh, because no one has done the research enough research on on these vaccines, according to some people on the internet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> according to my mother, <laughs> uh, a highly trained expert. What is the per like? Why is there two vaccines for this? As opposed, like, because normally I see with like the flu, it's like one. Like when you have a, when you're an infant, it's like you only get like one or a couple or like a booster like every ten years or something like that. So why five weeks? Yeah, different different vaccines. They like you need different dosages and stuff, and it it kind of depends on what's going to stimulate the best immune response, and they. Just through doing clinical trials with it, they found out that the uh, the best like antibody response is after um, two doses, basically. So that's what they recommend. Um, I don't know, which like you probably will have, you know, a, a relatively good immune response after one dose, but it's not going to be as good as if you do like the full sequence. Right. Okay. But it's it's like one of those things like I don't know. I I fall down and get hurt a lot and fall on a lot of rusty nails, so I regularly get a tetanus booster, which you have to get like every 7 years if Wait. you're potentially exposed to tetanus. So every time I like fuck myself up and like cut myself with a piece of rusty metal, I'm like, "Oh, time to go get another tetanus booster." And then I'm sick for four days. But it's better than getting lockjaw. Dude, what? How are you falling on nails that often? Well, I don't know. I I worked in, like, the labor industry for a while and just kind of put myself out there. I had to get one when I 
cut my finger working in the tree business. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it happens. I'm sure. I just, as somebody who works in an office, I'm just like, how often will I encounter tetanus? Almost never? Okay. <laughs> Maybe if you uh, fall into the needle pit trap and saw. Oh, blood pressure spiking. Potentially passing out soon. Uh, that's not true. I'm I'm fine. I, I just think of that every now and then. Just get fucking cringe-inducingly horrified. So the one that fucked with me the most was uh, the guy who had to crawl through the razor wire. Oh, yeah. Good thing they only showed that through, like, sped-up montage. Yeah. Yeah. And he was totally naked. He probably sliced off his own penis. I don't know. If I if I recall correctly, he was a larger fellow, so it might have been kind of turtling. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned earlier Stacking Triggers, our Magic the Gathering podcast. You can follow it over at STMTG Podcast over on Twitter. Uh, we would appreciate more followers. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, thank you for following us. Uh, this week, we're Bill is back. We're talking about uh, Strixhaven. It's been completely fully revealed, pretty much. Uh, and then we talk about a uh, waifu card game that everyone should invest in. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. It's called hentai, and it's art. I just want everyone to know, for the most part, we're facetious in how we discuss about how the 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 anime girls are rustling our jimmies. Well, you and me are. I don't know about Bill. <laughs> yeah, but, well, but Bill... Yeah. Uh, also, Podchaser has reintroduced their hashtag reviews for good. So if you go over to podchaser.com and look up uh, your favorite podcasts, uh, Netflix and Swill included, if you leave a review on the Podchaser website... They will donate 25 cents per review to Meals on Wheels. So you can review the podcast. Oh, you can cool. review specific episodes. So uh, I looked earlier. We have enough money that I feel confident in doing this. For every review that gets left on the Netflix and Swill pod chaser that includes single episodes uh, and overall reviews to our podcast, uh, we will match. So for every review, we will donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels as an effort to get more reviews and also do some good with them. Neat. So uh, please don't bankrupt us, but also please make us donate money. I don't know. I'm good for it. I'll kick in the extra if we... Yeah, I'm good for it too. It's just uh, like it's completely fine. ruin our budget. So, <laughs> Man, I've never gotten any of the money from this show. I'm sorry? Do you want some money? <laughs> nah. Although, if, if you're ever going to spend money on equipment and stuff, I, I kind of do want to have a soundboard. Oh, well, I also want a mixer. Yeah. I, I would only use it for one thing. I would have maybe two things. I'm, li I'm listening. One would be the, the bass riff from Seinfeld. <laughs> Why do you need the soundboard? I'm right here. Or specifically, just like whenever one of us makes a funny joke, it would just go. Uh, and I think the other one might just be air horns. 
You see, I don't know why you need a soundboard. I'm not going to overuse it like certain uh, podcast hosts do and do clips of your voice that I can play out of context uh, so that our listeners don't know when it's you or when it's a soundboard. I mean, fortunately, there's one that has uh, that features a woman laughing, and we know that women don't ever guest on that particular podcast. Ah, uh, it's true. I would just get a bunch of sound bites of Ashley yelling at you and play them all the time, forever. I'm trying to think. When was the last time she yelled at me? Well, she called me a fucking idiot earlier today, but I also called her an idiot for for not thinking of a thing. I don't know. We call each other idiots and stupid and dumb all the time. It's our relationship. It's just how it is. You fucking dumb, stupid idiot. Fucking white guilt, milk toast piece of human garbage. All right. Let's do some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Netflix made a deal with Ryan Johnson to acquire the rights to two sequels to my favorite film from 2019, uh, which is Knives Out. So Mm -hmm. Knives Out 2 and 3 will be on Netflix. Yeah. So I think they made the deal with Lionsgate because I think Lionsgate was the original distributor of the movie. Yeah. So I think they paid Lionsgate $450 million for both movies. That's not including budget. So that's $450 plus whatever the budget will be to each of those mm-hmm, movies, mm-hmm. Uh, which is quite a gamble. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Daniel Craig's coming back. Ryan Johnson's coming back to direct. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I liked Knives Out a whole lot. I did, too. I think I saw it like three times in theaters. Yeah. It was it was one of the last movies I saw in theaters before the incident. <laughs> the, the incident. And, like, <laughs> and even having eight teenagers in the theater with me couldn't ruin the experience. What? What? Oh, it was I, I the first time I saw it was like. The last time I went to a movie theater before I left Pittsburgh to come down here and there was a man two rows behind me who would not stop talking throughout the entire movie. And he was like, and I leaned, I was watching it with Corey and I leaned over to him and I just went, you know, I feel like Daniel Craig's doing like the Kevin Spacey voice from, from House of Cards, like almost like Kevin Spacey was supposed to be the guy in this movie. And then Ooh. like at the, <laughs> at the, well, of course, and of course he wasn't because of, you know, rape. And the guy at the end of the movie just went, man, this guy sounds a lot like Kevin Spacey from House of Cards. And I just went, cool. I agree with the idiot. God damn it. Yikers. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm very excited about this. That's a, that's a fucking hefty price tag. Uh, <laughs> insert people asking how Netflix is profitable. I'm I'm trying not to just like throw my desk out the window right now because there are people who will ask that to which I say read their fucking earnings statements they make 2 billion dollars a month from just subscriptions alone read the description yeah 
This is a earning statement. This is a statement for investors. Uh, it's true. Uh, I guess one of the pieces of news I wanted to bring up, and I didn't put this in the notes, but it's not that big of a, it's not that big of a thing. Uh, Netflix's current goal is to become net zero in terms of carbon emissions at, at by the end of 2022. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they shared a, a study statistic, which was the, the fucking craziest thing I've ever heard. Uh, basically, streaming one hour of Netflix is as uh, uses up as, as much like uh, emissions as driving a, I think they said, high powered car a quarter mile down the street. Hmm. Yeah, but that quarter mile is 10 seconds or less. <laughs> Uh, uh, as 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 Dominic Toretto says, I need a ten second car. Also, I want to point out I made the same joke by posting a Dominic Toretto meme or Dominic Toretto gif saying uh, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. To which I responded, "Dom, stop it and just stream a movie." Oh man, I don't know. I I uh. I'm child free, so like I already have a leg up on pretty much everybody else regarding uh carbon emissions. Mm -hmm. So I can drive a fucking diesel submarine to work every day <laughs> and not feel bad about it if I want to. No, so the the I'm, I'm above reproach. <laughs> so so the third F teen thousand. Yeah. It isn't even technically a truck. The U.S. government classified it as eight tanks. Yeah, you could drive the fucking uh, tumbler from The Dark Knight and uh, Batman Begins, and you would Ooh. still be more carbon efficient than most people. Can I buy that? No. Uh, the joke there is that that got one mile per gallon. That's a fun little trivia fact that I know from from huh. shooting. There is a Batmobile tumbler for sale on Auto Trader. Oh, Biden, get ready for that. This uh, is from next 2018. Stimulus. Yeah, yeah. Somebody actually uh, bought and sold this thing. I mean, good for them. I don't know. I think if I could have any car, I think it would be Dead Mouse's custom Lamborghini that was painted with the Neon Cat, which like. Lamborghini got super pissed off about because their cars are for serious big boys and like they were trying to sue him for painting his car with Neon Cat. Ah, yes, the old you you took it off our lot and purchased it from us. Therefore, it's no longer our property, but we're still gonna we're still gonna sue you anyway for your use of it. Yeah, the Apple defense, <laughs> right? Uh, right to repair coming in though, coming in hot. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, let's talk trailers cuz we're just uh talking about nonsense this episode. And I'm getting Smirnoff smashed. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. Our first trailer is for The Disciple. If you stop striving for excellence, did you ever strive for excellence? Musicians' unadulterated devotion, a mirage-like quest for divinity, and the courage to fight uh, your own uh, your own bureaucracy, uh, your own mediocrity. 
The Disciple is a tale of Indian classical vocalist Sharad Narulkar. Okay, I thought that was an I for a second. Uh, searching for the traditional absolute in a contemporary city that never stops hustling. Kayla, what'd you think of the trailer for The Disciple? Uh, it looks good. It looks not for me. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they're trying to draw everyone in by saying it's executive produced by Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, executive producers mean like literally nothing. It all all it means is they bankrolled it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So don't fall for that shit. Yeah, it's true. Next up is a family animated feature called The Mitchells vs. the Machines. A quirky, dysfunctional family's road trip is upended when they find themselves in the middle of the robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. Uh, so this is a bunch of alien robots that come and take over Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this family has to learn to set aside their petty squabbles and kill them all. And I think it, the robots invaded because smartphones were mad of mad about people poking and swiping them all the time. Yeah, uh, the, the smartphones, of course, voiced by Olivia Coleman. Uh, the, the funny thing about this is that I wanted you to see this trailer so badly, I copy and pasted it three times. <laughs> yeah, so we have a Google Doc where Dan will post the trailers and links to them and stuff. Uh, and the, the second, third, and fourth trailer, the links were all to this instead of what they were supposed to be. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Uh... This is uh so this is directed by Lord Miller, uh the guys who did Into the Spider-Verse. Uh the movie a lot of people consider to be the best Spider-Man movie. It's produced by Lord Miller and oh, it uh, is? directed by Michael Rionda who did Gravity Falls. Oh, okay, well that kind of explains yeah. the off the wall humor. Yeah, and uh like you said Olivia Coleman, uh Danny McBride and Maya Rudolph are also in it Fred Armisen, Eric Andre. Um, I can only assume that he had his penis out in the recording booth. <laughs> Probably. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines is about embracing the things that make us unique, learning what, me- what it means to be human in a world increasingly filled with technology, and holding tight to the people most important to you when the unexpected hits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it doesn't look too bad. No, no, uh, I, I think Netflix actually acquired this from somebody. I can't remember who right now, but they uh, they basically took it off someone's books because, you know, global pandemic. All right. Um, our next trailer is for zero. Being invisible is the real power. I, I read that how it was written, because for some reason they put a comma after invisible. So it's being invisible, comma is the real power. Uh-huh. Uh, Zero, the new Netflix original series coming April 21st, tells the story of a shy boy with an extraordinary superpower, becoming invisible. Not a hero, not a superhero, but a modern hero who learns about his powers when the barrio, the district of Milan, uh, of the Milan suburb from which he wanted to escape, is in danger. Zero will have to wear the uncomfortable clothes of a hero despite himself, and in his adventure, he will discover the friendship of Sharif, Inno, Momo, and Sarah, and perhaps even love. Hashtag teen series, hashtag zero, hashtag Netflix. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> I guess it's about him fighting stuff. The trailer was like all talking. Yeah. And then he turned invisible a couple times, but yeah. I don't know. It looks fine. Uh, my interest level is zero. Is a, is above zero. I mean, like I'm mildly interested in it, but I probably won't watch it still because it's like uh, whatever. Like it looks super generic. You said it was a series. Yeah. Okay. That's the thing. Well, I'll talk about these trailers, but like if it's not on the official schedule, I will never see it. I mean, that's true. And like. I don't know. Most of the stuff like that we watch is American series just because it's in our native language and it's convenient. Yeah. Or. uh, Or it's Alice in Borderland. Or it's Alice in Borderland where we we congratulate Corey for finally learning how to read. Yeah. He's he's one step away from. uh Getting into Animorphs, finally. <laughs> yeah, uh, that sounds like a show he was actually interested in before. I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember talking about it with him, but... I think one of the last few times we had Corey on, we actually talked about Animorphs for like 20 minutes, so... That's... I think that could use a reboot, so... Netflix, get on it. Even though I think it might be owned yeah. by Viacom? Whatever. All right. Our last trailer is for Things Heard and Seen, starring Amanda Seyfried. A Manhattan couple moves to a historic hamlet in the Hudson Valley and come to discover that their marriage has a sinister darkness. It's hard to say. Uh, One that rivals their new home's history, based on the acclaimed novel by Elizabeth Brundage. This is one of those movies where, like, we, we talk about, like, Thunder Force. Where it's like, I can't believe Octavia Spencer's in this because I thought she was too good for these kind of movies. Same thing with, like, Amanda Seyfried. Like, she's getting Oscar buzz, I think. Or at least she was nominated for Oscar. I don't remember. I don't fucking care. But, like, she was getting awards acclaim, and now she's in this movie that looks like absolute fucking garbage. I mean, sometimes you just need a job to maintain your lifestyle. Uh, C. Nicholas Cage in Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> C. Nicholas Cage in basically anything. Yeah. Also Johnny Depp. Sure. Johnny Depp spends like two million dollars a month on fucking wine. Why? Well, I don't know why you would spend more than like ten bucks a month on wine. It's true. Wine is cheap. Uh, what What do you think about this? Uh, I don't know. Looks like a generic, uh, our house is haunted horror movie. That's, yeah. Yeah. But there's a sinister darkness in the, in the marriage. So who did the husband kill? I don't know. I haven't seen it. And we probably never will. That's true. Um, hey, do you want to take a break and then talk about our main topic after a little bit? Sure. That sounds good. That's, that sounds like the format of our show. So, uh, I'm just going to leave the listener hang and tell them what it is after we're done, or they can read the episode description. 
The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. And I'll let you introduce it. All right. Well, uh, with this episode, we are kicking off Anime April, where we will be talking about nothing but anime, uh, because it's a dumb joke I thought of. Uh, so our first main review for the month is Thus Spoke Kashibi Rohan. Uh, this is a fantasy animated series. Uh, it is a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, and it is a spin-off of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Series 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. A popular manga creator becomes enmeshed in paranormal events while conducting research. Stand user Kashibi Rohan visits Italy, goes bankrupt, and more. Uh, what did you think of Thus Spoke Kashibi Rohan? Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't have any particular attachment. It is fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I haven't seen Diamond is Unbreakable. Um, I think this is your introduction to the JoJo-verse. Which, it 100% like, is. It, kind of a weird point to start, but that's fine. Um, but, like, this is not anywhere near as good as, like, the actual main show, in my experience. Um, but it's still pretty cool. It's it's fun. I had fun with it. I think the stories themselves are neat. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, like, a little anthology of, like, spooky stories. Um, I can't imagine watching this with no context for what the fuck it is whatsoever. Because, uh, like, it doesn't explain that it's a jojo spinoff or what stands are or that they exist but like uh the stand is an ability that certain people have where like they can manifest like an embodiment of their fighting spirit Mm -hmm. and like each one has unique powers uh so kashibi rohan's is called heaven's door uh which he can use to like turn people into books essentially uh and read their like their history and their motivations uh and he can even write things into their personality yeah no like i actually like pretty much understood what a stand was it was just like oh this is a manifestation of something okay that's fine uh I don't in in fact, I don't know if I was really confused at all, like based off of like everything you've talked about with like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, like like I've kind of used that information in order to have a cursory understanding of like what the fuck was going on in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um it's only four episodes, which is weird. Yeah, you can watch the whole thing in two hours, so 
But uh, the reason it's only four episodes is because it's a collection of OVAs or original video animations. It's a it's a thing that's super popular with anime for some reason. Uh, it's just like random one off things. So uh, the first episode, I think, is like number 16. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. we're starting with number 16. And then it's like a number yeah. nine, and a number two, and a number 24. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. It was kind of weird, but that's fine. It's allowed. Like, they're all kind of standalone stories, so... It, yeah. It was fine. My my favorite recurring gag in the whole thing was whenever uh, Rohan ran, like, is done telling his story uh, to the one person he was telling his story to. Like, nine <laughs> other people show up. Everybody else is there. Yeah. yeah, so, like, JoJo's not in this. Like, none of the JoJo's are actually in this, but, like, all the side characters from Diamond is Unbreakable show up. So, like, he'll finish telling the story, and all of a sudden, Okayasu is just there, like, Whoa, that's crazy! Did that really happen? Then he gets upset, he's like, are you calling me a fucking liar? And they're like, no! So, uh, what was your favorite? I really think that it's the first one. Yep. That is the correct answer. Uh, at a confessional, yeah. The second one's pretty close, and, like, I like what the other two episodes were doing there, but, like, it's hard to top the first one. Yeah, there, was, there wasn't enough hand movement. Yeah, I like what you're doing, Dracula. Yeah, at a confessional, I think, had the most surprises. Like, I had no idea where that was fucking going the whole time. It was just like this fucking crazy nonsense that, you know, came out to be this really cool story that makes total sense whenever everything finishes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll just we'll just get into it and kind of break down what happens. Uh, so at a confessional is uh, like the thing that prompts it is uh, Koichi is asking uh, Kashibi Rohan to. Uh, use Heaven's Door to write in the ability to fluently speak Italian into his mind because mm-hmm. he's planning a trip to Italy. Uh, and Rohan's like, oh, you probably won't want to go to Italy after I tell you this story. Uh, it's a true story, and the genre is horror. Uh, so he starts explaining like his visit to an Italian cathedral, uh, which... You know, he explains the concept of what a confessional is um, and says, like, hey, I'm I'm here doing research on the local culture and customs, so I'll try out the confessional. Uh, but he goes in and, without realizing it, goes into the side that the priest is going to go to and ends up receiving somebody's confession. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, of course, like, I didn't really need the explanation because I'm catholic Mm -hmm. was raised catholic so therefore i didn't need like hey this is how a confessional works but i I understand most people probably don't especially in japan so yeah the story that this guy tells is basically uh like he was a a day laborer in his youth uh and one day just like this homeless vagrant showed up and was begging for food and the guy was super mad because he's like man i'm here working myself to death you know, trying to earn a living. And this guy's just coming asking for free shit. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'll give you food, but you have to work for it. 
So, you know, move all this stuff into the warehouse. Uh, so the guy goes to lift the heavy thing and carry it in uh, and basically just collapses and is crushed by it and dies. Uh, and then he's haunted by the guy's spirit for his cruelty. And he basically says, you know, I I curse you like on your happiest day. I'll show up and exact my revenge. Yeah. Uh, to which I said, man, why don't they just have a forklift? Because <laughs> it's like kind of old timey. Uh, okay, sure. And I don't know, maybe it was just a small company. Well, not even like a forklift, but like there's a pallet lift. Like I, I don't know exactly yeah. what it's called, but like you have the thing that like you basically there roll are machines. Thing. Yeah, like. There's a hundred things that they could have done instead of the way they did it, but they did it that way regardless. Like, use a dolly, push the cart that way, like put like load some bags on the dolly, put them on the like, and then push them into the thing. Uh, you know, my my dumb brain is thinking of all these different ways, but I mean, the story can't really happen if you do that. Yeah. Um. I don't know what what happens like when the spirit actually comes back to take his revenge uh, is pretty great because it's like it, it's a very Jojo moment where like they take something really dumb and mundane and turn the fucking drama meter up to 11. Yep. Uh, so the guy years later, like he he was very successful in business. Um. So, like, what his business was, um, like, when he was working as a laborer, he was moving sacks of corn into a warehouse. Uh, so his million-dollar idea was uh, a line of corn-based snacks, <laughs> uh, which were an instant global success, and he became very, very wealthy. So years later, he's uh, just out for a day with his young daughter. Uh, and he reflects back on his life and says, I am, I'm very happy with how things are going right now. And the spirit takes that as a cue to show up and fuck everything up. Yep. Um, so the spirit possesses his daughter and says, um, you know, we'll let fate decide if my, if my quarrel with you is just, uh, you got to take this here bag of popcorn that you have. You've got to throw a piece up into the air higher than the street light there and catch it in your mouth three times. And if you can do that, I'll accept that like fate is on your side and I'll leave you alone forever. Uh, <laughs> and if you can't do it, I'll immediately kill you. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, a dramatic catching snacks in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, to which like the final one is basically like a version of fucking saw. Where, like, he lights a popcorn kernel on fire, uh, which also has his hands on fire because, you know, has to up the stakes, mm -hmm. and then it lands on him, and then he gets beheaded. And I was like, okay, so yeah. this, this is really just Saw. Got it. Yeah, um, I don't know. So, like, he does it the first time, you know, the light gets in his eyes, but then, like, a cloud moves in front of the sun, so he's like, oh, this is gonna get easy now. But then there's fucking, like, there's a, a pigeon that comes by, and he's like, oh man, it's gonna steal the popcorn out of the air when I throw it up. So, like, he throws the whole bag of popcorn up, 
and snags one uh, and is like, hey, this is super easy. I'm going to win. But then since he threw the whole bag of popcorn, like a fucking million pigeons show up. And he's like, man, now what the fuck do I do? So he lights the popcorn on fire and Mm -hmm. throws it. And he's like, I'll get burned a little bit by it, but, you know, I'll get to not die. Uh, But then the cloud moves, the sun comes back, and uh, he loses sight of it. And it lands on his shoulder, and he's immediately beheaded. Uh, And then it snaps back to Rohan in the confessional. And the guy's like, you're probably wondering why I'm able to be here talking to you. Uh, and then the twist happens. Yep. Turns out he he has a body double. He he paid some guy to have plastic surgery to look like him. And so the spirit thing followed that guy. And so that guy's dead now. And then the super twist is that the guy that he killed is now falling around as a spirit and is cursing him. And now both spirits follow him around Kurt, like and be like, on your daughter's happiest day, we're really going to fuck some shit up. Yeah, and and Rohan kind of reflects, like, you know, despite the wicked things he's done and, like, this Im- impossible, like, curse that has been laid on him, like, he still moves forward despite the odds, so. Kind of yep. ends on a hopeful note, but. uh, It's cool. It's a really cool, like, classic ghost story. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. I mean, there, there was the other one about, like, Japanese manners, and I just went, sure, that's a, these are all things that you should do, I guess. Like, it's like, don't sit yeah, furthest from the door. I'm like, what? Okay. Fine. Whatever. That yeah, one I was... I think that's episode three. Yeah. Where uh, it's a friend of his that wants to move into this, like, they call it Millionaire Village. It's... uh. It's like a small housing development and like people that move there are uncommonly successful in their endeavors uh, and like become millionaires, basically. Yeah. Um, So like she has an interview there and but like they have to show that they have good manners and there's like a spirit that tests them. Yeah. Which that's kind of interesting. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. That episode was fine. I think that was probably the least interesting one, except for like when the twist happens in it that it's like, oh, because you know when you when you try to take the test to prove that you have courtesy and deserve to live here, like you'll either gain something or lose something. Mm-hmm. So like she attempted the test twice, so her mother and her fiance were killed because she failed the test yep uh but then it turns out that they weren't because uh they end up winning and it's given back yeah i think the only other interesting one for me like like the last one i barely can remember really but uh the other one was um the 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 monster the of that mountain. hill yeah yeah uh i liked that one a lot just because of the fucking sheer depravity of it. Uh, so that one, like, Rohan goes looking for, like, rumors about a monster. So, like, he buys a mountain where there's supposed to be this monster. Uh, and then he buys, like, the six surrounding mountains so that they don't develop it into a ski resort. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and fucking bankrupts himself. So his agent's freaking out. Like, why would you do this? So he tells the story. And basically it was about a girl who like, like she was to have an arranged marriage basically, but like she had a, a lover that like a a secret boyfriend that she actually cared for a lot. Mm Um, and you know, she tries to break things off because she's like, hey, I have to, you know, fulfill this duty to my family or whatever. Uh, and like she gives him a shove and he hits his head on some golf clubs that are there uh, and which somehow kills him. Yeah. And he just like bleeds continuously despite being dead. Uh, so it turns out that he's like this weird cursed like spirit monster. That just, like, every day he bleeds, like, 300 milliliters or something, they said. Yeah, whatever CCs is, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but she finds out if she, like, spritzes water on him, uh, it renews him to, like, what he looked like when he was alive. So, like, she goes through with the arranged marriage, uh, but she ends up having a a child with this dead monster who is like the same kind of creature. So it's super fucked up and weird. Right. But Hey, that's, that's Japanese folklore for you. Yeah. So, uh, uh, as a first foray into the Jojo world, uh, I don't know if it was the best thing ever, but, uh, you know, uh, there are worse ways I could spend with, uh, roughly 90 minutes of my time. Yeah, um, tonally it fits in the JoJo verse. Like, this is kind of how the characters talk and how like everything's over dramatized to the point of absurdity, uh, which is kind of what I like about JoJo. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I would just start watching the main series if if this sparked your interest at all. Uh, which I'm very upset because it's not currently on Netflix anymore for some reason. It's, it's, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand Netflix licensing at all. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, and the show's apparently impossible to buy on Blu-ray. Oh, good. Because, like, I think they, I think they made it on Blu-ray, but there was a limited print run. And, like, each season is, like, two box sets. And, like, they're each, like, $80 on Amazon. And I'm like, well, that's cost prohibitive. Yeah, right. Actually, I think they're on Hulu. I think the seasons are on Hulu, maybe. Well, Hulu does have a much better anime selection than Netflix typically does, so that wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Okay, so they have they have dub and sub for part one and part two. Yeah. And then parts three and four, they have the subtitled version. So maybe I'll start watching part four now. What would you rate? Uh, thus spoke Rohan Kashibi. Uh, I'd give it like a three and a half. It's a good companion piece. It's not like a substitute for watching JoJo's. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go flat three. Okay. All right. Uh, when we come back from our break, we will talk about... Uh, 
uh, a movie that I picked to watch, which uh, is going to be a cautionary tale of Netflix, uh, which is Neon Genesis Evangelion, the end of Evangelion. So stick around for that. My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the fifth annual live stream for The Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. Over the past four years, the live stream for The Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into a cautionary tale of Netflix. Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix, where Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. Uh, that's true, and since we did Neon Genesis Evangelion a while ago, uh, for Anime April, I was like, hey, why don't we watch the end of Evangelion, which is supposed to flesh out the ending of the series and explain more and kind of, kind of finish the story, uh, and ten minutes into watching this, I... Remembered that I really don't like Evangelion. No. Uh, in fact, we both... I, I, I remember giving you like a two uh, for it's everything. Every, like basically everything yeah. about it I did not like. Yeah, uh, so let's just get right into it. So uh, this, of course, is about uh, Shinji, the teenage pilot of Evangelion Unit 1 one of several giant cyborgs designed to fight hostile supernatural entities called angels. Uh, of course, you know, by the time of this, like, the angels have all been defeated, so the interesting part of the show's out of the way, and we can get into the pseudo-philosophical bullshit that they <laughs> uh, were trying to do to wrap up the show. So after the final angels defeated, Sile, a mysterious cabal which oversees uh, the events of the series is trying to trigger the Human Instrumentality Project, a forced evolution of humanity in which the souls of all mankind are merged uh, for benevolent purposes. Uh, yeah, so, like, all, all humanity becomes one singular organism, so nobody ever has to experience loneliness and loss ever again. Because uh, they believe that if unified, humanity could finally overcome the loneliness and alienation that has eternally plagued mankind. Shinji's soul grapples with the reason for his existence and reaches the epiphany that if he needs others to thrive, that he needs others to thrive, enabling him to destroy the wall of negative emotions that torment him and reunite with others and con who congratulate him. That is the ending of the series as described on Wikipedia. 
Uh, so this happens during that, I guess. Um, so at the beginning of this movie, uh, Shinji's really upset that his friend died. Uh, so he's visiting Asuka in the hospital. Um, and she's comatose. And he's like, you know, sad and shaking her mm-hmm. and like rolls her over and sees her, her naked boobs. Yeah. And we see uh, her so naked like three boobs. minutes into this. Yeah. Three minutes into this, there's uh underage nudity. And then Shinji jerks off to her unconscious body. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, so I already hate it. Yeah. So, so a couple things to, to mention with this. This movie is rated an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. That means it is in the IMDb top 250, meaning that people consider this to be one of the top 250 movies of all time, to which I say, what the fuck are you all smoking? I don't get... I don't get why this is so popular. I I don't either. Because, like, it really just made me mad that we went back to (laughs) to this. Because I was like... They got me in the same trap as last time because it's like, man, Evangelion, that's like a legendary show Mm -hmm. that like, you know, that's just a gap that I have that I'd like to correct. Uh, And then we watched it and I was like, man, this isn't good. And everybody who likes it is kind of stupid for liking (laughs) it so much. Uh, And then I forgot about that. And then I watched this and I was like, man, I'm stupid for not remembering that everybody's stupid for liking this. The other thing is, it's like I remember the the like creative director behind the show basically had like a mental breakdown with like five episodes left, and, and basically rewrote everything to be about like his relationship falling apart. So that's why everything mm-hmm. shifted to being about like inescapable loneliness. Uh, in in the finality of the show, and that's why they had to shoehorn in that yeah. whole aspect into the movie. Uh, apparently, also like he's very vocal about when people review his stuff poorly. He's like, "Oh, well, that's just because you're you're stupid and don't understand subtext and can't do research." And it's like, well, maybe it's also possible that you just did a bad thing. Yeah, like. Uh, what did I watch? I watched like Baccarat, which like some people argue isn't a bad movie. I argue there, I argue there are bad parts of that movie, but ultimately, like it's just a movie that's not for me. I don't think this is not for me. I think this is just bad because I think it's bad because like there's like I, I I can't decipher anything that's fucking happening in this movie. It just things just happen. And then people go, oh, this looks crazy, and things are happening. Interesting. Yes. And, like, somebody yells some out-of-context shit, and then, like, a bunch of lights and characters flash on the screen for ten minutes. Yeah. And then we go to the real world, and then they they get people to cosplay as anime characters in the real world. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? And then it shows a, a fucking empty movie theater because apparently this movie was shown in theaters and people were excited <laughs> about it. Except for I could only focus on one guy who looked extremely bored. Oh man. So Sile, the the shadow cabal, uh discovers that Gendo Ikari, who is Shinji's father, uh intends to use nerve, which is the 
the organization that created the EVAs, uh, he's using it for his own plans. Uh, so Sile dispatches the Japanese Strategic Def- Self-Defense Force to seize control of Nerve and kills most of the staff. Mm-hmm. So Major Misato, who is you know a big character in the series, uh, orders that a still comatose Asuka be moved to the cockpit of Eva Unit 2 uh, and then place it at the bottom of the lake to hide her. Uh, and then she rescues Shinji and tries to get him to Unit 1 so he can pilot it and start to fight back. Sure, but Shinji's um, a fucking little bitch this whole time, just basically in a fetal position yeah. for the first half of the movie. Yeah, and also for the most of the series, because he's a whiny little piece of shit I, and not a good main character. I fucking hate that character so much. So she saves him, but she also gets shot. Uh, so before her death, uh, she implores him to pilot Unit 1 uh, and then kisses him and says, Hey, this is how adults kiss. I'll show you the less, the rest when you get back. To which I responded, like, wait, what? And it's like, I don't know why all of this has to be so sexual. Because, like, it's really sexual a lot, all the time. Yeah. For no reason. Um, and then, like, Shinji goes down the elevator. He finds Unit 1 is, uh, like, encased in a bunch of shit. I don't know. I don't know why that is. They flooded, like, levels so that way the SDF couldn't easily take out everything, but uh, the SDF still easily took out everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, good plan, everybody. So, Gendo is like, oh, well, like, it's only a matter of time Nerve's going to be defeated. Uh, So he retrieves the other EVA pilot, Ray, um, who, what, she was, like, a clone or something? Like, they made her using Lilith's DNA? They com- I believe they combined Lilith's DNA with the DNA of, like, Shinji's mom? Yeah. So that's why that's right. Gendo has, like, this weird fascination with her, is because, like, she's, like, a representation of his now-dead wife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's going to use her to initiate the third impact, uh, which is a cataclysm that will kill everybody on Earth and also reunite him with his dead wife. So in order to accomplish this, he grabs her boob. Yeah. I don't know. The the one nerve scientist shows up and tells the computer to destroy nerve, but like uh, the one computer core, like because they're like self-aware supercomputers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one is like modeled after her mother's personality. Uh, and it like overrides her command and then Gendo just shoots her in the face. Yeah. Um, but like basically, I guess, I guess Gendo's like trying to merge himself with Ray cause like she has the soul of Lilith. Uh, which is like one of the angels that they recovered. Uh, and he's like trying to merge with her to initiate the third impact. And like, if that sounds like nonsense, it's because it kind of is. is. It is. It it just is. There, There's just things that happen 
And it's like, yeah. maybe it's also the fact that we haven't watched this since like February of last year that we don't remember any of this shit. But I also feel like I was just confused about everything that was happening in, in like the last five episodes well, like, that it was. So like this is even more series, nonsense. I was just confused. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just it's just nonsensical. So like I get the concepts of it. So like they. They found like Adam and Lilith who were like. I don't know. Apparently like every planet that has life either like an Adam or a Lilith landed there and spawned life on that planet so like either life follows the human course of evolution or the angel course of evolution but not both but earth is weird because like lilith and adam both landed here Mm -hmm. uh and like they're polar opposites and like can't coexist um so like that that's what drives the main conflict of everything um and also, like, they have the Lance of Longinus, which is something. And eh. I don't I don't know why a lot of this is, but like, I understand that, like, that's the conceit of the show. So that's fine. Sure. <sighs> but then it's like. Here's a show about robots fighting these, like, weird monsters, but actually it's a show about how everybody's lonely and sad all the time. Right. So we have to combine everybody into a single organism. <laughs> but, like, there's an elegant way to handle this. Like, like when we first were talking about this, like, we were talking about, like, how, you know, you have 15-year-old pilots who are basically, like, the saviors of the world, and... There's the psychology of like how they're coping with it and how they're basically being forced into this role that really isn't suited for them. And then mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden, by the end of the series, the show moves away from that entirely and just moves into loneliness, which, again, is a reflection of the creator. So then it's just like, OK, mm-hmm. well, where was this the whole time? And so the show completely changes what it's trying to say at the end completely fucks it up to the point where they had to redo the last two episodes in order to make them in order to make them make some sense but it it, it ultimately makes a, the exact same amount of sense as the original first two episodes which is none yeah um i'm just going to read this part of the plot synopsis cuz like it it at least describes what's happening in a way that the movie doesn't uh so Gendo attempts to merge with Rey, who carries the soul of Lilith, an angel hidden beneath Nerve headquarters, to begin the third impact. Having merged with another angel, Adam, he will become a god if he merges with Lilith. However, Rey rejects Gendo, absorbs Adam, and reunites with Lilith, growing to a gargantuan size. The mass-produced Evangelion units pull Unit 1 into the sky and crucify it with the Lance of Longinus, which transforms into the tree of life beginning the third impact. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's like dream sequence, dream sequence, dream sequence. Uh, humanity's minds are combining into one. Uh, so like Shinji is fighting with Asuka. Uh, he decides that like, you know, he's alone. He'll always be alone. Everybody in the world should die. Um, and then Ray slash Lilith uh, begins human instrumentality, which combines everybody into a single organism, single hive mind. 
um, and dissolves humanity back into LCL, which is a a conscious primordial soup, reforming the souls of humanity into a single consciousness. Once he realizes that his wish for this limitless existence, where all are one, comes at the cost of losing individuality, Shinji rejects instrumentality, which leads him to acknowledge that life is about experiencing pain as well as joy. Uh, Unit 1, seemingly moving on its own, breaks free from the Tree of Life, wielding the rematerialized Lance of Longinus to destroy the mass production EVA units and end the third impact. Ray slash Lilith's body splits into pieces, crashing to the surface of the Earth. Yep. So humanity enters the hive mind, and Shinji's like, oh, like, I'm too lonely to be part of a hive mind, and gets out so that he can be <laughs> sad and useless. So he could be lonely even more because he's like, I need to experience these emotions anyway. So Shinji and Asuka, who also apparently rejected the hive mind, uh, wake up on a shoreline littered with the wreckage of other Ava units and pieces of uh, Ray slash Lilith's body. Uh, and Shinji just, for some reason, starts to strangle Asuka to death. Uh, but then she reaches up and caresses his face, so he stops and starts crying. And that's the end. No, no, no. Then she calls him disgusting. It pauses for about three seconds more of Shinji crying, and then it ends. And it's like, cool, I have no idea what that's supposed to fucking mean. So why did that happen? (laughs) No one knows. (laughs) And if you tell me why it happened, uh, I'm going to assume you're 100% a bullshit artist. (laughs) Oh, man. (sighs) I hated this movie. On a different level than I've hated really any other movie. Because a lot of other movies I've watched are just bad. And they don't say anything. And they don't try to say anything. They're just like, hey, here's this stupid fucking premise I came up with. Uh, I made it for four cents. And here it is. And it's like, oh, this is bad. But it's like, bad, bad. Because like they don't know what they're doing. They had no money. Fine. This is something people clamored for. That got funded by a billion production companies, uh, including Sega, and then other people who also got fleeced for money. And they made this pseudo-intellectual nonsense. And by the very end, it only says, like, one important thing. Which, like, and it's, like, during that montage of just things happening, where it's like, hey, you need people around to experience things. And it's like, okay, fine, like... Uh, basically it's the director calling himself out being like hey I shouldn't have shut down the way that I did and fucked up the original production of my show and like I appreciated it from that alone but it doesn't make anything good it just makes it a masturbatory project that I fucking despised and I also didn't like it um I don't know man this is like full Donnie Darko effect like people were like Mm, yes, this is very intellectual and clever. I also want to seem intellectual and clever. Therefore, I will like it. And yep. it's like, it's not... Like, it's intentionally convoluted and obtuse, but the plot isn't that hard to understand. It's just that you can't understand it by just watching it. You have to seek out, like, third-party analysis 
and like extra materials and stuff to be able to get the full plot of it, which is just really shitty writing. Right. Like it should stand as a work in itself. Yes. And like, I, I hate the, the hashtag. I am very smart thing of just like making stuff as fucking convoluted and complicated as possible so that it seems like there's more depth than there actually is. I'll tell you what. I'm just very glad that I never have to watch anything Evangelion ever again. So come back next week when we review Evangelion Death Plus Squared or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, no, uh, that's not happening. So I, I did the research because I was like, what is happening? I didn't know what was happening in the first like 30 minutes. I'm like, I, I forget everything that fucking happened in the series. So actually, Death re- Death Rebirth or whatever it's called is basically like a retelling of uh, the series and then the first 30 minutes of, of this movie. So it's completely superfluous. Hmm. Okay. So you're telling me that I could have just watched that and then this movie. Yes. And not had to ever watch the series. Yes. Uh, I'm done. Uh, well, I know what the rating is. It's a one. I'm also a one. Uh, we're never talking about these sh- this shit again. Uh, fuck you, Evangelion. Nah, we never are. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of scared to ask now. Uh, what are we doing next week? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so next week, um, cause it has to be anime, right? Uh, I'm going to watch something that our good friend Sean recommended to me. Uh, Sean, as you know, uh, is into the furry fandom. Uh, Beat stars. So we're going to be watching Beast stars. Yeah. And as soon as you said, oh, Sean wants to, uh, Sean says things about this. So I, oh, Beast stars. Yep. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um. What else? Do we have like a, a patron movie or anything? No, for next I, week? I, I'm gonna be honest. I fucked up and I forgot to um forgot to put up the thread. So the thread will go up after this. Uh, epi- well, probably before this episode comes up. Uh, but uh, no, I I don't have anything patron wise to announce as of yet. Okay, well, uh, I'll let you pick then, because since I did this to you, it's only fair that you ruin my life slash anus well i mean considering it's anime uh let me find something all right fuck it uh this is the first netflix original anime movie that i could think of uh, and by that i mean that i found on my netflix mobile app Uh, it's called a whisker away a peculiar girl transforms into a cat to catch her crush's attention but before she realizes it the line between human and animal starts to blur Hooray, furry episode. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just, we're just full furry. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh. I'm gonna do this first so I can steal it from you. Uh thank you to Spaceweather for a theme song bitter, which is how I feel towards Caleb for making me watch the end of Evangelion. It's how I feel 
for myself for not remembering that I don't like this show. Uh, you can find us at netflixandswill.com, your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, including leaving us reviews and buying our shit and uh, listening to other shows that we do. Yeah. Can't believe we're doing a fucking furry episode next week. God damn it. Uh, I'm really happy. <laughs> Incredibly happy gay sounds. <laughs> I Now I have to buy like a foxtail off of like Amazon and wear it while we record <laughs> next week's episode. Ooh, woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll yiff you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.